You're listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the Holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find I'm full of surprises. It's not over yet. No. There is another. Hey there, Star Wars fans. You're listening to another episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news and updates related to Star Wars Episode 7, as well as all the other new and exciting projects coming up in the Star Wars universe. As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got my co-host, Tim, with me. How's it going, Tim? Hey, Kyle. Doing good. Ready to record another three-hour episode? (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's uh, looking like it might be another long one. Um, yeah, of course, we're coming off our last episode, which was huge. We spent the better part of three hours talking about the Clone Wars Lost Missions episodes right after those went up on Netflix. And uh, it's been a while since our last episode. It's been uh, a little over three weeks now because um, I've been busy trying to get my Star Wars fan film finished up to submit to Phoenix Comic Con for the film festival that they have there this summer. So I just got that done. The movie's still not 100% done. I've still got a few more kind of final polishes and touch-ups I want to make to it. But I got it done enough to submit to the festival, and I just mailed that in on Friday. So now I'm just waiting to hear back, hoping that uh, I get accepted for that and get to screen my film at Comic-Con in front of a whole bunch of fellow geeks and nerds and fanboys and stuff. So that should be pretty awesome. And I'll keep you guys posted as we get closer to that because... Um, right after Comic-Con is when I'm planning to you know, put it up on YouTube and everything for people to see. So um, I will keep you guys posted as I get closer to that and I get closer to completing the actual finished movie. But in the meantime, we've got uh, quite a bit of Star Wars news to talk about. And then uh, towards the end of the episode, we'll kind of wrap up some final thoughts on, uh, on the Clone Wars series that we didn't get to last time because we were approaching the three-hour mark and we were both <laughs> tired and hungry and wanted to stop talking. So... Uh, just a couple, you know, last thoughts that we'll share and uh, talk about some interviews with Dave Filoni and stuff like that, just kind of wrapping up the series. Yeah, we were so close to the three-hour point. If you've downloaded the episode, it's already so like 20 seconds short, so we should have went on 20 seconds longer. <laughs> yeah, just, I don't know, threw a, threw a joke in there about Wookiee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if we'll get an even number on this episode, but we'll see. Let's just break the record and go for four hours. How about that? <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. I Each didn't episode eat a- we increased an hour. Pretty soon we're gonna have like twenty hour podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I didn't eat enough ahead of time to <laughs> prepare myself for a four hour podcast. <laughs> yeah, me neither. So <laughs> probably won't make it that far. Yeah, well, we'll see. But uh, let's go ahead and jump right in with some episode seven news. And uh, this actually kind of dropped right after we recorded our last episode. This was uh, announced on March 18th, but we finally got some actual news pertaining to Episode 7 and not just some rumors and speculation and, no, maybe this character might be in it, maybe this actor. Um, Not any real big news, but uh, still good to have some actual official news, and that's that... Episode 7 is set to roll cameras in May 2014, and that, uh, I mean, this is an official press release that came out on StarWars.com, and they're saying 
that uh, the movie's going to start filming in May and that Episode 7 is set about 30 years after the events of Star Wars Episode 6, Return of the Jedi, and will star a trio of new young leads along with some very familiar faces. Um, so again, this is all stuff that we had heard, speculated about for months and months, and uh, I think everybody was pretty much assuming that it was going to take place about 30 years after Return of the Jedi and that they'd be starting filming sometime pretty soon here in April or May. But now we've got the, uh, the official uh, confirmation on that, so uh, now it's just a matter of waiting for some casting announcements, maybe some plot details. Um, Tim, your your prediction was wrong about the <laughs> March casting announcement, so uh, you have failed me for the last time, and I'm going to go find myself a new co-host. Kyle, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, when I first saw this announcement, oh, it was like in the middle of March. Okay, okay, this is our official episode seven announcement for the month. So I don't think we're going to be getting the casting one uh, anytime in this month. So right when it came out, I was like, darn it. But maybe hopefully they'll have two big announcements in this month, but I won't hold my breath. And yeah, as of recording this episode, we're out of March. And now I'm moving on to my prediction to the next logical choice, which would be April. So <laughs> hopefully... I'm pick, predicting like around the middle of April, like around April, like the 20th, like the week that starts, like the third week of April sometime, like around the 21st or sometime around there, because we said in this announcement that shooting starting in May, and I still like to think that we're going to get the official casting annou announcement before like the main principal photography starts with the cast and all the main characters that are going to be in this movie, because I just don't see them doing it where... They're starting to film, and then, but they haven't announced it yet. And then these leaked photos come out, and we see, I don't know, Mark Hamill in costume, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher on set, but yet they haven't made an announcement about it yet. So, because you know, as much as they're trying real hard to keep filming the secret and covering windows and all that stuff, the leaked stuff's eventually going to get out there. So, I just really think they're going to announce something before they actually, the cameras start rolling, like on the first day of principal photography. So, but regarding this announcement, like you said, there wasn't too many huge surprises. We kind of figured that it's going to be 30 years after Return of the Jedi. And it's, it's funny when it said very familiar faces are returning. It's like, gee, I wonder who those familiar faces are going to be. I mean, <laughs> too bad they just going to say who in this announcement also. But Well, R2-D2, of course. That's true. How can I forget? Maybe they're talking about just R2 and 3PO. <laughs> yeah, and Chewbacca. Yeah, then, but the thing out of this whole press release that came out, the thing that grabbed my attention is that we knew, of course, it was going to be new characters, but they finally put a number on it where it says um, the trio of new young leads. So we kind of got a number as far as how many new characters are, at least the main group of new protagonists are going to be in this movie is three. And which is another thing that kind of makes sense, and maybe we kind of figured already since every movie's had a trio of main characters, so it just makes sense, or... Every like the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy both had a trio of main characters, so it makes sense that episode seven and the new trilogy will too. But now the question is: is how are those characters going to be in relations to each other? Are they all going to be like the children or family related to the Skywalkers and Solos, or just like two of them, one of them? I'm kind of under the impression, which I'm sure a lot of fans are, where there's at least going to be two of those main characters, new main characters that are going to be either the son of Skywalker or Han and Leia, and then one of the other main characters of the trio is going to just be someone they maybe meet along the way as we see the movie or just a friend of the families or something. So I don't know what's your thought on that, Kyle, as far as the trio of new characters, how do you see them, like the relationship of them playing out? Well, 
uh, you know, based on just kind of piecing together stuff from all the different rumors we've heard and stuff and sort of based on that, I think my guess would maybe be that sort of the main, the biggest character of those three is probably going to be a completely new character. Um, and then the other two sort of members of that trio will probably be the Han and Leia twins if they decide to stick with those characters. And then if Luke also has a kid, then they might be, a, you know, sort of outside supporting character, maybe like in a similar role to how Lando was in the original trilogy, or maybe someone that's not introduced till one of the later movies or something like that. Um, so that's kind of my guess for right now is that at least one of those characters will be someone that we've heard of before or a character that's, you know, taking the place of someone that we've heard of before if they do decide to like switch up the names and all that kind of stuff. And that at least one of those three will be a completely new character that we've never heard of. Yeah. I mean, that's the next big thing we're waiting for. Like I said, <laughs> next big announcement has to be the casting announcement, I would think. And then hopefully... With the casting announcement, there will be descriptions of the characters and the actors that they've cast to play these characters will be in there. Like, I just remember the episode one casting announcement. It was pretty vague, but if you got an idea of who these characters are going to be, like Liam Neeson, like a Jedi Master uh, for Natalie Portman, <laughs> this is said, a young queen. But of course, we knew Obi-Wan and Anakin. So that's another thing I'm really curious about. Once we get that casting announcement and it has the characters' names, will it be a full descriptions or will it be pretty vague where we're still going to be tons of speculation as far as what these actors are going to be playing. So still a lot more speculation ahead. Yeah. The thing that would drive me absolutely nuts is if they said, you know, if, if I wake up one morning and go on starwars.com and see an article that says, you know, official episode seven cast revealed and I go and click on it and it just has a list of actors names and doesn't say who they're playing. Yeah. It's like, okay, you gave me one half of the puzzle well, that's not even half the puzzle because, of course, if the whole movie is the puzzle, then there's tons of pieces to that. But I don't even want to know all of those pieces until I go see it in the theater on the opening midnight show. But it's like as far as casting information goes, I don't want to know just who's going to be in it. I at least want to know what characters they're playing. And like you said, even just a vague description like this person's playing a Jedi, this person's playing a smuggler, this person's playing an Imperial Admiral or something like that. Um, that would be you know, cool to at least get a little tease of, you know, how that might all play into the story and what we can expect to see those actors doing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, imagine if they go so far where they say Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, and Carrie Fisher are back, but they don't officially say it's Luke Skywalker on Solo Princess Leia. <laughs> it's going to be, oh, we haven't confirmed who they're playing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I think, would be the one thing we can obviously, you know, just assume as fans, like, you know, if they cast Jesse Plemons or Lupita Nyong'o or Benedict Cumberbatch or any of these other names we've heard floating around, like, we have no idea who those people might be playing. But if we have, you know, if they say Mark Hamill's going to be in it, I'm pretty sure I know who he's going to be playing. You just never know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe he'll be Darth Bane. I don't know. Uh, how cool would that be, though, too? <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, when this announcement came out, like I said, I mean, it's just good to know that we're just kind of taking baby steps and getting there for uh, getting to know everything about this movie. And it's just another one of those baby steps where now we know when filming is going to begin, at least the main principle photography for it, at least and is in May and still no exact date though, as far as when exactly it's going to start. But that brings in more whole speculation, at least for me anyway, as far as when that casting announcement is going to come, because if it's late in May, then that means we're not going to get the casting announcement 
early May, and my April prediction is going to be wrong again. So it's like <laughs> there's still more speculation about every time the announcement comes out, it just brings up more questions of like when and how is this going to this information is going to come out. Yeah, I think just every month until the movie gets released, yeah. <laughs> we're not going to get a, a casting announcement. And you're just going to predict, okay, the next month, we're going to get some casting news this month. And I think another interesting part about it was it's not wasn't really like a official press release, I think, when it came out. Of course, it's on StarWars.com. We know it's official. But I think they were just reporting to what Bob Iger said on one of those like investors or calls or something like that, where he said all these quotes. Because it... Because it was pretty much quote for quote for what he said on that phone call, and it was wasn't like an official press release that just made its way or first uh, released on StarWars.com. It was kind of StarWars.com taking what by by Iger said. So I don't know if this was necessarily a planned press release or because it didn't seem like that way to me once I found out this was actually what Bob Iger said on one of those investor calls or something. So maybe it was like a welcome uh, coincidence type thing where they weren't expecting this news to come out that day and they said okay bob Iger said it we'll just post it on starwars.com and i guess they got their confirmation of course and then they were able to release it but i don't know if it was something that was specifically planned to be released that day or not you know i think it might have been because i'm pretty sure we've had other times in the past where we've had you know either news or just rumors or something come out of uh you know one of these investor calls or something like that and it hasn't been um, you know, a big release on starwars.com. Um, and we've had, you know, we've had other news sites like report stuff as news because it's like this person definitely said this in an interview or whatever, and it doesn't always get a front page news release on starwars.com. So I think maybe this is something that, you know, once Bob Iger announced it, or, you know, maybe they talked about this ahead of time. He's like, okay, I'm going to say this in this investor call, and then we're going to like announce it to everybody and just let them know at least when we're going to start filming. I mean, either way, it was nice to just for once get some official confirmed news, even if it wasn't that much and it was something we pretty much already knew was going to be the case. But, um, you know, just for once to stop having to hear some Star Wars-related stuff and take it with a grain of salt, it was nice to be able to just, like, hear this and be like, okay, we know this is actually happening. Yeah, it's funny, though. I mean, you think this would be, like, instead of, this official confirmation of when shooting is going to begin, but not too long after the story broke, there was more rumors <laughs> circling around. Well, maybe episode seven is shooting right now and it's before the May <laughs> release date. So it didn't really necessarily stop the, that speculation. And it turned out to be true. It was like just yesterday as we're recording this episode, we got that video of uh, Disney's Alan Horn saying that they're actually filming now. I mean, they've filmed stuff and this is some rumors that were going around earlier in the week, I believe, where there was like, oh, episode seven could be filming. I think it was in like Cairo, they said, in uh, some other place. I'm kind of blanking on the other location that was rumored. But For uh, Tatooine? Yeah. I think that was Morocco. Okay. Yeah, because there was those rumors going around. And like I said, the next, just yesterday, Alan Horn was doing that interview with The Hollywood Report. He said, yep, we're actually filming now. And that even took... I think the person doing the interview was probably like, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, and you know what? The the way I took that, I mean, I'm not sure, like, what stuff they're filming right now or, you know, how much they're filming, but I'm wondering if they're actually filming, like, scenes with actors or if they're filming, 
um, you know, background, like backdrop type shots that they're going to use for like visual effects. Like if they need a shot of the Millennium Falcon flying over a landscape, well, they could go out and get that landscape shot right now without any actors in it. And then while they're shooting, they could be working on some of those early visual effects shots. So it really doesn't surprise me that they're at least, you know, starting on some stuff right now. And um, again, it's purely speculation at this point as to what they're actually filming. But he also said in that interview that they don't even have the entire cast selected yet yeah. and that casting is one of the most difficult things about the process. Um, and he said that they have most of the cast completed right now and just don't have, um, you know, quite have all the pieces in place. And so uh, that's part of the reason why we haven't gotten an, an official casting announcement yet. I'm sure they're waiting until they have the entire cast or at least the entire main cast put together. Um, and maybe they're still waiting on, you know, one or two more lead roles or like important supporting roles to cast before they make an announcement. Um, and so, you know, if they're still working on that, it makes sense that they haven't unveiled, you know, parts of it yet when they want to just wait to unveil the whole thing. But um, if they're still waiting on that, it's like, again, I, I don't know exactly what you would consider like principal photography, but that probably is the part that they're talking about starting in May. Um and, you know, I don't think they just straight up lied to us, although maybe they did. Maybe they were like, hey, we're shooting in May. And then secretly they're like, OK, let's just start <laughs> shooting now. And nobody will be on set taking pictures and, you know, leaking stuff because they don't think we're starting for another month because we officially confirmed that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I still think that a good bulk of the shooting is going to start in May with the full cast in London at that big studio that they're working out of. But it doesn't surprise me that they're at least getting started on some stuff now. And that's actually kind of makes me feel even better about it because, again, it's like the more time they have to complete this, the better. So to know that they're getting started on it even more ahead of time than they told us they were is just like okay, cool. Well, you're giving yourselves more time to make an awesome movie. So that's fine by me. Yeah. I mean, regardless of what they're filming, if it's just like background and like scenery shots that you were saying, or real principal photography that they're keeping secret, just the fact knowing that a new Star Wars film is being shot right now, <laughs> in some, some capacity that we're not too sure on, but just the fact that a new Star Wars movie is being shot right now, there's getting footage for it. Just, I don't know, just a cool feeling <laughs> when I heard that. I was like, oh man, it's almost surreal in a way, but also, what I thought was funny in that video, because the interviewer asked him, like, well, what's the hardest part about the process for making episode seven? And without hesitation, he said casting, like, definitely casting. <laughs> so I just thought that was funny. Like, I mean, that's the thing everyone's waiting for, that casting announcement. It just seems that they just haven't quite gotten what they wanted so far. And it's still an ongoing process. It almost had, like, a frustrating tone to his voice when he said that. It was like, yeah, maybe we should have it all set and taken care of by now, but it's still not... I mean, he said we got a lot of the main casting done, but there's still some pieces that we still have yet to cast. So just curious as far as are the main characters like in that press release, the new trio, have they been cast? And then just some of the other supporting characters is what they're waiting on. Or if is one of those main trio characters, the big holdup. And that's why, like you said, they haven't announced anything yet. So more speculation again with the casting so i mean it's going to go on forever till we get that announcement but yeah, i just thought it was funny that without hesitation the first thing that came to his head casting was the most difficult thing yeah and if it is you know frustrating or whatever like is that because they're not finding the right person that they want for the part or is it because they have you know two or three people that they really like and they can't decide you know whether to pick one over the other 
And I'm sure there's probably some pressure involved in it too, because look at some recent movies like with, uh, you know, Batman versus Superman and some of the casting choices that they've announced for that movie and some of the huge backlash that has been going on the, on the internet with, you know, Ben Affleck as Batman and Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. And some people just like, aren't happy with these uh, casting choices. And so I'm sure that's part of, you know, probably at least a little bit of the difficulty in there too, even though I'm sure these guys are like professional. And once they make their casting choice, they're like, okay, regardless of what people on the internet think, like we're confident that we made the best choice and that we're going to, you know, that this person that we picked, like, obviously they're going to pick them for a reason. You know, they know that they think that's the best person to, to play that role and to make the movie good, but still, you know, I would, I have to think that's weighing on their minds at least a little bit, um, especially with such a passionate fan base like Star Wars fans, like they don't want to let us down and don't want to have, you know, some huge uproar if they cast somebody that we think isn't going to be right for the movie. Yeah. And at the same time too, I mean, they can cast the greatest actor <laughs> out there and it's still going to get backlash. I mean, I'm sure they're prepared for that. And I'm even preparing myself for that too. <laughs> the backlash that's going to come once this announcement gets revealed, I'm sure there's going to be fans that are going to be so disappointed and probably express how much they hate the choice and how the movie has now lowered their expectations and all that's going to happen regardless of who they cast. But I don't know. I would just Hopefully everything gets pretty much set pretty soon. I mean, it seems like when in that interview that, yeah, we're kind of close. We're getting ready to start this thing <laughs> because, like I said, it's in May. And another thing about the video, too, he the interviewer didn't even ask him about this he just mentioned that another difficult part was the script and the interviewer was all oh is that not done yet he's like no it's done we have our script and he of course said it was lord of kasdan and uh jj abrams and he even mentioned the first draft by michael arndt which i know before when that whole announcement came about jj abrams and lawrence kasdan took over was how much of arndt's script was going to be part of that so if he's still mentioning arndt it's, for me, anyway, it still kind of makes me believe that part of his script is still going to be there. It's not going to be a total rewrite. So so the big, I guess, three things that were covered in this interview were the, the filming, the casting still going on, and then that how the script is done and that how he's still, still mentioning art and, along with J.J. Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan in this video. So and again, he ended it by, because <laughs> before we tweeted out that, oh, this is supposed to be, some Lucasfilm stuff at uh, CinemaCon Disney's presentation. And that's another thing. You saw a bunch of logos at CinemaCon for Disney's presentations that like uh, uh, Marvel and Lucasfilm's on there that when they had the presentation, it's the same old thing we got last year. Well, we've got nothing to, nothing to share with you at this time, but you must have patience. And I think he did a bad Yoda impression there, <laughs> which he did in the video interview. So more patience is what they're saying we need. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I think my prediction is if we don't get anything in April, which I kind of hope we do, but I think like I would not be surprised if they wait till the last minute right before they ship everybody off to London in May to begin the main bulk of the filming. And if we get this big casting announcement on Star Wars Day on May 4th when you know everybody on the internet is posting Star Wars quotes and saying, may the 4th be with you and all this kind of stuff. Like, I mean, th- that kind of started as just like a little... I don't know, unofficial fan thing. And I think it's kind of become embraced as like the official star Wars day. And, you know, people have, it it kind of turns into like this online celebration kind of thing. And so I could definitely see them holding off for that day. It's like, 
not that they definitely need to, but it's like if you're going to pick a day that sort of feels like an appropriate day to make that announcement, like that's a good of one as any. So, um, yeah, I think if we don't get anything this month in April, as as you're predicting, Tim, then I think, um, you know, <laughs> they might just wait till that day. But I also think it might just depend on their choices. I mean, if they're still working on trying to figure out the last couple pieces of the cast right now, then we'll probably just get an official announcement as soon as the entire cast is in place. Um, I would think that would be my prediction, and who knows how long that's going to take. Um, although, yeah, we would think it would have to be sometime in the next month or two before they start filming. But, um, you know, I don't think they have, you know, this information that they're just sitting on and, like, waiting till the appropriate time to tell us. I think they're going to tell us as soon as they have it all together and, uh, you know, once they have the entire cast in place and are ready to tell us, like, who everybody is. Yeah, because in that video interview, he's, he's just said they still haven't finished it. So, like you said, it's not where they're just sitting on it and they're just waiting for the right time. It's not done for them to announce it yet. But that's what's good, at least in my mind, about that official announcement we got of the shooting date or the shooting time, which was in May. Or that kind of set the end game point as far as when we should get that casting announcement. Like I said earlier, I don't think they're going to keep holding it off while they're shooting. You know they're going to have to announce it before then. So one good thing to draw from that official announcement is that we kind of have that point in May where we know we have to find out. It's just a matter of when in May or before May is when we're going to get it. Yeah, so I guess uh, we'll just do what we always do on here and just wait and see. But um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you said, obviously I would think it would have to be sometime before they start shooting, unless they just go ahead and start shooting and just don't want to tell us who the cast is. But I think, I mean, like I said, I think as soon as they have the entire cast put together, I think they'll let us know. Yep. I guess we got to listen to Bob Iger and his bad Yoda impression. <laughs> <laughs> Patience we must have. <laughs> Yeah, um, and then just, you know, a couple other small Episode 7 things. We did get official confirmation that Episode 7 will be coming to IMAX, which is no big surprise, seeing as how, like, it seems like all the big blockbusters nowadays get IMAX releases. Um, except maybe not quite all the summer ones, because they'll usually be out in IMAX for at least a month or so, and over the summer there's, like, a new big movie coming out pretty much every weekend, but... Um, I mean, Captain America just came out in IMAX and, uh, I think this was part of like a bigger Disney thing where they were talking about, um, Disney and Marvel and Lucasfilm releases, um, you know, scheduled for IMAX release. Um, and the, yeah, it's got, uh, Disney has a new, um, agreement with IMAX and they're saying that, um, you see, yeah, Marvel's Captain America, the Winter Soldier just came out in IMAX, Maleficent, which comes out this year, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, um, Avengers Age of Ultron next year, uh, Tomorrowland, which is a live-action Disney film coming out next year, and then Star Wars Episode Seven are all the Disney films currently slated for IMAX releases. So nothing, uh, you know, big and surprising there. But, um, you know, I'm sure I might go see that in IMAX when it comes out. I'm sure I'll see it at least once out of the several times I'm going to go see the movie. Yeah, this might actually be the first imax movie i'll see i still haven't seen a full movie in imax just the dark knight rises prologue like happened in december of 2011 which i think i had bad seats for it was like oh man i don't think i could sit to a whole movie <laughs> like this but and hopefully this will be the star wars movie that won't have stuff cut for it like episode two was for its imax release i think they moved past that stage yeah i would hope so i don't yeah. know if i even really knew about that but 
Yeah, um, I don't know exactly what stuff was cut from it, but I know it was a lot sh- shorter than its uh, normal theatrical release. Yeah, well, I would not be happy about that. Yeah, you don't hear that anymore with movies that are shown in IMAX. So <laughs> it was like I think pretty early on when IMAX was uh, movies being shown on IMAX were getting started. So I think they've developed the technology or whatever <laughs> to make the full movies be shown on there. Yeah, but yeah, that'll be exciting to see. I've seen. Uh, I don't know how many movies on IMAX, but at least a few. And, uh, you know, it's usually worth it for the bigger, more sort of epic adventure movies. Like, I've seen both Hobbit movies on IMAX. Those were great. Um, Of course, I saw Avatar on IMAX, like, three times and freaking loved it. So, um, you know, if it's anything like that, I mean, just any, any sort of movies where it's, like, this big, grand visual spectacle, I think IMAX just makes it even better. Yeah, I just have to get there super early to make sure I get a good seat. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, well, I was going to say that, for, at least for me, kind of goes for any movie theater anyways, like even if it's not IMAX. I hate sitting like way yeah. in the corner or way up in the front or something, giving me neck cramps. Yeah, I don't mind corner seats, but it has to be mid-level or up, not down low, <laughs> like those main uh, ground-level seats were like right at the screen, yeah. which I guess some people like because... When I went to go see Captain America, we got there pretty early. There was tons of seats, but as people came in, they were just going straight for the bottom section that wasn't on the balcony level. I was like, well, I guess people like it that way. But I don't see how, but I guess there are people out there. Yeah, see, when I saw Captain America, it was like the exact opposite where the theater was, you know, it's kind of split where they have like an aisle going right across the middle of the theater and the back half was almost completely full and the front half was not very full. So it's funny because when I was a little kid, I used to like sitting up front because it would be like, oh, cool. I'm like right up close to the screen. And then as I got older, I was like, you know what? This hurts my neck. I'm moving. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Especially when you're tall, too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I will not be going to an IMAX show and sitting in the front row. But um, you can be sure that any showing of Star Wars Episode 7 I go to, I'm getting there early enough to get good seats. Oh, yeah. Several hours early for the first show. <laughs> yeah. Although I won't be one of those people that's there several days early, but no, yeah. several hours for sure. I've yet to do that for a Star Wars movie. <laughs> and with uh, advanced ticket sales and all that, I don't think you really have to anymore. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. But uh, yeah, so that's pretty much all the Episode 7 stuff we've got to cover for this week. Um, we've got a couple things about Star Wars Rebels, um, you know, just real quick, they have an official Star Wars Rebels page on StarWars.com now. Um, if you go up to the Explore tab up top where they've got, um, the encyclopedia with all the different characters and entries and stuff, they've got the movies, they've got the Clone Wars, they've got video games, and, you know, that's where they've got all the Clone Wars episodes, guides, and stuff. Um, well, now they've got a Rebels section up there, too, so they've got their own official Star Wars page, and also there will be a Star Wars Rebels panel at WonderCon on April 19th, and um, I guess they're going to have, you know, some of the cast members of the series, and of course, you know, give some new information about it and stuff, so that's something we will definitely be keeping keeping an eye on. I don't think either of us are going to be there at WonderCon, but we'll uh, definitely be watching out for any news coming out of there and report on any big and exciting stuff that comes out. Yeah, I'm kind of kicking myself because like WonderCon in Anaheim, which is real close to where I live, and I th- I didn't really look at the schedule. This got announced just a few days ago, where I wish it was earlier, and I could have just gotten a, like a Saturday pass for when this panel was going on. But Saturday's been sold out now, so there's really no way to get a pass for that day when, when the Star Wars Rebels panel was going to be held. So like, 
darn it, <laughs> should probably should have known better. Something would have been there. We could. I went last year for a day. There was nothing Star Wars related then, and then I did, didn't really occur to me that they'll have another one for this year. But apparently there is, and it sounds pretty cool because this will be the first panel where it says there's going to be cast and crew there. So this will be the first time some of the voice actors will be able to talk about their characters and. We'll see if any new announcements get made. I'm kind of thinking maybe some announcements of the, maybe the Inquisitor's voice actor. And there's that other Imperial officer who we saw figures of at uh, the Toy Fair a few months ago who they never really officially announced, but maybe he'll get announced there. So I'm sure there'll be some new stuff to take away from this new panel, but it should be cool just to have members of the cast finally be able to talk about their characters in there. They didn't announce who's going. We'll see how many of the main characters will be, or voice actors who are playing the main characters will be there, but I'm sure there'll probably be a good amount. Yeah, and if anything, um, you know, if we don't get any, like, new information or anything, I'm thinking we'll at least get probably a trailer since the show is airing this summer, which is coming up pretty quick. So yeah, that's possible. I guess the other big Star Wars news I'm looking forward to right now, besides the Episode Seven casting news, is what's the premiere date for Star Wars Rebels? Because, you know, summer's only a couple months away. Um, yeah, maybe that'll get announced there. That's true, too. Yeah, but, you know, we don't know if it's... I mean, we know the, the main show is supposed to start in the fall, but they've got, like, the one-hour special that's going to air over the summer on uh, Disney Channel, and it's like, well, does over the summer mean it's in May? Does that mean it's in late August? You know, it could be anywhere in between there, so... Um, or maybe it'll be like the Clone Wars where they're going to announce at WonderCon, oh, we're, no, we're actually doing a theatrical release <laughs> for the first few episodes. <laughs> I doubt they're going to do it again. But Yeah, I doubt it since they're already doing a one-hour special, although I would not complain at all if that somehow got like a limited theatrical release um, that you could go see it in theaters and not just have to watch it on Disney Channel. But um, You know, it was yeah. cool too. I've heard um, earlier in the week when there were some preview screenings for Captain America that people were saying, oh, they're showing the ignite teaser for rebels before the screening of captain america so oh cool so hopefully they'll show it when i see it and oh, i nice. get nothing <laughs> yeah i didn't get the, well i didn't get there quite early enough for mine because i came straight from somewhere else yeah because you know how even before they show the trailers like the lights are on you waiting for the movie to start they show those other advertisement stuff yeah yeah i was like kind of the... thinking oh maybe they'll show it there but i was there like 20 minutes before it started and they didn't show anything <laughs> oh okay yeah i don't know they might have showed that at the one I went to because they do that at, uh, at a lot of the theaters I go to like they'll have that AMC first look or something like that yeah so, yeah I'll have to keep an eye out for that um, because it would be cool to even just see the teaser trailer for the show on the big screen yeah it's, anything Star Wars on the big screen is awesome <laughs> yeah it'd be like hey I got to see Star Wars on the big screen again yeah, even though it was like 30 new. seconds of it yeah. <laughs> hey Star Wars is Star Wars even if it's just a logo <laughs> yeah Oh, man. We just talked about that, about, you know, how cool it would be to see Star Wars on the big screen. And I just imagined how much I'm going to flip when I see the first trailer for Episode 7. Jeez, man. <laughs> I know. Because especially these days, like with all the trailers leaking online and stuff. But like normally with trailers that I really want to see, um, you know, if it's coming out like with a with a movie that I want to see, like the trailers will usually come out online on like a Tuesday or something. And then they'll be like, you can see it in front of this movie that's coming out this weekend. And sometimes I'll just wait to go see a movie that weekend to see the trailer in front of it. Um, of course, like it would have to be a movie that I want to see. I'm not going to go see like some dumb rom-com or, you know, horror movie or something that I'm not interested in just to see a Star Wars trailer in front of it. But it's like... 
if there's a movie coming out I want to see and they say there's a Star Wars trailer coming out, I'll probably just wait to see that trailer in the theaters. Man, yeah, I don't know if I could. <laughs> and then the entire rest of that movie, I'll just be freaking out about Star Wars yeah. Episode Seven the whole time. It'd be cool if they did it like how Episode One was. I know certain theaters, they played the trailer, that when the movie was over, they just played the trailer again because they knew probably half the people there were just there to see the Episode One trailer. Oh, how cool would that be? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know how it's going to be. I mean, I, one thing I hate now was trailers you get a teaser trailer for the trailer which is like 10 or 15 seconds long like i hate those things i mean it's cool to see footage but just release the full trailer of it then i yeah. hope star wars doesn't have that and i'm just curious if it's going to be before the actual like theatrical release of the trailer or after because certain movie studios are it varies i know for the dark knight trilogy a lot of it was for the trailer was attached to a movie for an opening weekend it wouldn't appear online until like the Monday after or Tuesday after or something. So you would try to get more people to actually see it in the theaters. I just have a feeling Star Wars might be something similar to that also. I think it was for the prequels where it was a few days after it hit um, the actual theater release of whatever movie it was attached to, but I'm not 100% sure. So I'm kind of hoping it's the same time where like it comes out a few days before the actual movie release instead of waiting a whole like weekend <laughs> to be able to get it the next week. Because then you're going to see bootleg copies of it like from iPhones and all of that. And I know I'm not going to be able to resist seeing it. <laughs> I don't want to see it that way for the first time. Well, again, that's why I would just go see the movie that weekend. It would actually make it easier for me to you know, avoid watching it on YouTube if it came out in the movies first and not online first. But it seems like all the trailers are coming out online first nowadays. But uh, then again, yeah, like you said, where they have the, the teaser for the teaser... And it'll just be like, you know, 10 or 15 seconds or something. I usually don't watch those. Um, I did watch the one they released for Guardians of the Galaxy recently. Yeah. But usually I'm just like, well, whatever. The tra the actual trailer is coming out in like two days. So I'll just wait and watch that. Pretty soon it's going to be teaser for the teaser for the teaser trailer. <laughs> right. It'll be like, hey, watch this five second teaser for this 15 second teaser for this 30 second teaser for the two minute trailer. Yeah. <laughs> pretty soon it's gonna be that way it's like those little stacking russian dolls yeah. <laughs> uh, some of star wars figures on there <laughs> yeah but uh yeah so that's the stuff about star wars rebels and then uh just a few other um sort of miscellaneous things um although this was a pretty big uh video gaming announcement is that uh, this woman named Amy Hennig, who used to be the creative director for the Uncharted franchise at Naughty Dog, has left Naughty Dog and joined uh, Visceral, which is uh, you know one of the EA game companies, and has um, basically signed on to be the creative director for a new Star Wars game that they haven't announced yet, but um, I'm sure we'll get that all in due time. But um, it is kind of interesting they that like right when. Uh, EA took over the Star Wars license and then we got the Battlefront announcement. There were rumors already going on from, you know, almost a year ago that Visceral was also working on a Star Wars game. So the fact that they just now have announced their creative director for that project means that either maybe the previous creative director left or that maybe that project was just in very early, you know, sort of idea concept stages and that they weren't really actually starting on a game yet. And now they're sort of going full underway on production on a new game. But I, of course, am really excited to see what this new game might be. Um, and maybe we'll get an announcement trailer for that at E3 this year. Who knows? Yeah, I was really excited about this announcement. 
as I remember a few weeks ago or a month ago, some everyone, a lot of the video game sites like IGN announced that Amy Hennig was leaving Naughty Dog and Sony's like, man, what's going on over there? Like, like we got a few people from Naughty Dog leave. And there was like saying, who's going to take over the Uncharted series now for the PS4? But so that was like wondering what's going on with their Naughty Dog. But then when this got announced, like, okay, this is a pretty big deal to leave Naughty Dog, but she's going on to a Star Wars project. That's pretty big. I'm sure it's got to be exciting for her, too. And just as a fan, I mean, I love the Uncharted games just for gameplay wise, and then just the, from the story aspect, there's some great characters and cool stories in there. So I'm really excited to see what she's going to bring to a brand new Star Wars game. And again, what era is it going to be? Because EA has been saying a lot that it's not going to tie into any of the new movies and they're kind of have free range to create their own stories. So it's going to be exciting to see. And I hope it's kind of similar to an Uncharted style type of game because that'd be awesome to see a Star Wars game like that, which 1313 was kind of looked like it was going to be. And I know it's probably not going to be 1313, but hopefully some are, as far as gameplay wise be like that and how Uncharted was because that'd be really cool to see or play a Star Wars game that's going to be like Uncharted because I love those games on the PS3. Yeah, and you know, of course, everyone would love to see 1313 get resurrected, but yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen at this point. But maybe it can be, you know, some sort of spiritual successor to it. Maybe they just start over from scratch and create a similar type of game, but. I mean, regardless, I'm excited to see what they come up with. I unfortunately haven't gotten to play any of the Uncharted games because I only have an Xbox 360 and haven't played any of those games on PlayStation. But, I mean, I've heard great things about them. I've seen stuff that, you know, looks pretty cool, and I'm like, you know, I'd kind of like to try those games. It's just not worth me buying a whole system just for one or two games that I want to try. But I'm like, if I had a PS3, I would probably get those games. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, just the fact that this is someone who was... Um, such an integral part of uh, such a critically well-received um, franchise, you know, pr- bodes well for, for future Star Wars games. Yeah, like you said, hopefully E3 we get not only some more Battlefront news, but hopefully this uh, new game that Visceral is working on. If anything, like is it just a teaser trailer like we got from Battlefront last year? But for another new Star Wars game would be cool. But then we get more content for Battlefront. Like each year we get more information on those uh, different star wars projects that those different studios they have from ea is working on oh yes please more information on battlefront at e3 this year i mean I'd even be really if it's disappointed if it's not i really would be yeah even if it's just a longer trailer like yeah you know they don't even have to give me like details and stuff yet although that would be nice you know if we got some details or some screenshots or something i still kind of get the feeling that they're probably not that far along in development especially with some of the stuff we heard last year about how um, some of uh, DICE's other projects had been put on hold to try to fix some of the issues with Battlefield 4, and um, especially, you know, with all the issues that game was having, I'm like, okay, well, take your time with Battlefront and make sure that you don't have those same issues there, because (laughs) I do not want to be, you know, lagging all over the place when I'm trying to (laughs) shoot people with my stormtroopers and all that, but... um, you know, so like on the one hand, I can be patient and I'd rather wait a long time for a good game than have them rush it out. But at the same time, I'm like, just give me a little something to whet my appetite. Like, I don't even care if it's just like if it was another cinematic trailer like we used to get for the Old Republic game or for the Old Republic. Um, you know, like how cool would that be? Like, I would be happy with just a two minute trailer of rebels and stormtroopers shooting each other and some tie fighter and x-wing dogfights and just get to know that i'm gonna get to do something like this in a video game pretty soon um so but yeah i mean e3 is 
have they announced the dates for that yet? I think it's probably in June or something. But yeah, I believe it's in June. I think they have announced the official dates for it, but I just don't remember what it was. But I'm pretty sure it's in June. Okay, yeah, I don't remember seeing the official dates for it yet, but I think it's pretty much in June, like every year. So um, that's something else we can look forward to for this summer coming up, and just uh, hopefully get some more cool Star Wars news out of there. And uh, but yeah, I'm excited to see what what new games they're working on as well. Um, and then speaking of which, uh, on the mobile game front, we just had uh, Star Wars Assault Team came out recently for um, iOS and Android and Windows phones. Um, and this is, uh, it's kind of hard to describe this game, but I've been playing it a lot and it's a lot of fun. And it's sort of like their previous game where it's like this card collecting game, but at the same time, it's not really so much based on you know card battling. It doesn't feel like you're playing a card game. It's more like almost like an old school, like Final Fantasy type RPG, where it's just sort of turn-based and like you attack and then your opponents attack and you've got, um, you know, special attacks that you can use and you've got, like you level up your characters and try to get their attack and their health stats raised higher. And basically the whole card collecting aspect of it is just sort of collecting these characters. And then you also have cards that have items that you can use to you know, upgrade them. And so you've got different classes, like one character might have an affinity for, you know, weapons and force training. And so you can get like force items or weapon items to upgrade that character. And so, I mean, there's a, there's definitely a a sort of card game collection aspect to it, but then there's also sort of an action RPG strategy kind of element to the combat. So it's a lot of fun. Um, I've been playing it a lot over the past week or two since it came out and uh i don't know if i've talked about this before but when that last star wars card game the force collection came out i got super addicted to that for like maybe a couple weeks or a month or so and then just kind of realized like i wasn't really getting anywhere with it i was addicted to it but i wasn't even i wasn't even quite enjoying myself all that much because the addiction was just like i have to keep collecting more cards i have to you know keep increasing my cards and like as i was playing it i'd be like this is kind of boring and i'm like not even really enjoying myself or feeling like i'm really progressing through the game but i'm just like i gotta get more cards and then at some point i was like you know what this is useless i'm just putting it down i'm not gonna let this suck up any more of my time but this uh this assault team game it's Uh, more fun feels like it has more progression to it it actually has a story mode which isn't super deep or complex or anything but it's nice that you have something that you can actually sort of progress through and there's more to the combat than just sort of tapping on stuff on the screen like there was in the other game so um yeah for any of you out there who have a smartphone and like playing games on it and star wars games in particular i mean this game is free to download so if you haven't given it a try yet i would recommend checking it out um you know, be careful that you don't get too sucked into it, but uh, it's pretty fun, and I'd say it's worth trying, worth checking out. Yeah, I have it downloaded on my phone, but I still haven't yet to try it. I mean, you're the one who actually reminded me. We sent me a text like, "Hey, did you download it?" Yet? I go, "Oh no, I haven't. I forgot. <laughs> I better go download it." Because when I first saw it announced, I just kind of really didn't pay attention to it because I really didn't like the other one that you were talking about previously. So I thought this was going to be more of the same. But from what you're describing of it, it sounds like it's going to be better. And look more fun if it has more RPG like elements to it. But I will say I'm always skeptical skeptical about card games. I do not like card games. <laughs> I mean, I'm a big Kingdom Hearts fan, and right now I've been playing the HD remix on the PS3, and I've been playing the one that's based on cards, and like your, your attacks are all based on the cards that you have. And it's like I just hate that. <laughs> I, I just want to control my character and issue the attacks myself. I hate having it be based on cards. So I'm always skeptical about 
card games, but maybe this one will be better. And like you're saying, it does sound more interesting than the previous one. So I still got to give it a shot. Yeah, and like I said, the all the combat and gameplay actually really has nothing to do with the cards themselves. You're not like in a battle laying down cards and okay. you know, stacking That's cards good. and stuff. It, it really plays, like once you're in a battle, it plays out like an RPG. But the card game aspect of it is when you're outside of the battles collecting new characters and items to level them up and stuff. Those are pretty much just take the form of cards, which is kind of unfortunate because when you're playing through the game, you actually have like 3D character models of enemies that you're fighting and like these cool looking 3d environments and everything the graphics are actually pretty nice for a mobile game but then when you have your characters lined up in front of you all you see is the cards that you've collected and so i'm like man the enemies get 3d characters it would be nice if i had a 3d han solo or luke skywalker here in front of me to fight them with but um you know oh well well, that's good. You kind of ease my fears about the card base elements, because <laughs> as long as it's not involved with your attacks and how you play it, then it should be better. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Well, yeah, I just uh, just hit that uh, icon on my iPhone. Yeah, yep. Yeah, just just start it tap up. on it, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> and but then, then I go to my Twitter tab and said I click that. <laughs> I waste time on there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, just sort of our last uh, sort of miscellaneous news bit, I guess, is that Mark Hamill is going to be at this year's Star Wars weekends for the first time, which is kind of funny because everybody's like <laughs> sort of making a big deal out of this and they're like, oh, it's going to be his first time there and this is so great. Whereas I'm sitting here going, wait a minute, this is June 6th through the 8th. He's supposed to be in London filming episode 7 for this. So why is he in Disney World? Um, but, you know, I'm sure they could take time to uh, have him make an appearance there if he was, you know, if he's involved in the filming and they just want to have him take a break to sort of um, hype up the publicity for this. Um, I'm sure if we get the uh, the Episode 7 casting announcement and it turns out that he is in it, that's going to be a huge draw for Disney World and Star Wars Weekends if, uh, you know, Luke Skywalker from the original trilogy is going to be returning for episode seven and he's here at star wars weekends so um you know i'm sure they can make time for him to do both but at the same time i mean he's still the one that i'm maybe a little bit worried about because with all these casting rumors and interviews and stuff that we've heard you know carrie fisher is the one who's always like yeah i'm doing it i'm coming back as princess leia heck i want to be sitting in a rocking chair with some gray cinnamon buns on the side of my head and, you know just has fun with it harrison ford is the complete opposite end of the spectrum where he suddenly pretends to go deaf and mute whenever someone brings <laughs> up star Wars and he's just like, you know, zips his lips shut. And he's like, mm-hmm. um, I still love the interview on Conan where Conan like paid him a hundred dollars <laughs> to tell them something about star Wars. And he's like, well, I heard they're making a new one, <laughs> but, and then, but Mark Hamill has maintained this stance of like, look, seriously, I don't know anything about it. I haven't signed a contract yet to return for the movie. Um, I don't know what's going on. I'm not officially part of it yet. But at the same time, we heard that George Lucas had met with Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher like before he even sold the studio off to Disney. So I'm still feeling pretty confident that Mark Hamill is going to be in this movie. But he's just, you know, if I'm worried about any of them returning at this point, it's probably him more than Harrison Ford just because... You know, you would think he'd be a no-brainer to be back, but I'm like, why does he keep saying he doesn't know anything about it? You know, he doesn't say it with this twinkle in his eye. It's like, 
either he's a really good liar or he's really good at PR speak or he's just sort of playing his cards really close to the vest or something. But um, I don't know. I'm sure we'll still see him in there in some way, shape or form. But um, in the meantime, if he's going to be off at Disney World and any of you guys out there have the time or money to go to Disney World for Star Wars weekends, it's definitely a lot of fun and you should check out it if you get the chance. I've been a couple of times. I will not be going this year, but um, I mean, yeah, that's always a fun event. So it'll be cool that he's going to be there for the fans. I just think, too, regardless of how it affects the filming schedule, if he's going to be filming during that time, this goes back to the point of uh, we should hopefully have the casting announcement by then. And regardless, he's even started filming. Maybe he's going to film later on. But if it is announced that he is going to be in the movie, then this could be the first time where he's actually going to be able to talk about it. And so the fans get to hear what his thoughts about it, about being back in Star Wars. So that's the thing that has me really excited about it, regardless if he's filmed stuff yet or not. So again, it always goes back to that when we're going to get that casting announcement. <laughs> but this, this is in uh, the week's, the weekend of June 6th to 8th, and we're all assuming we should have it by then since the filming's going to start in May. So this could be the chance, the first chance that Mark Hamill will get to talk about returning to Star Wars, which if it is announced by then, man, it's going to be a huge draw for that weekend. I've already seen some fans online saying, uh, I'm going on the weekend before this one. I dismissed it by a week. So there's already some fans being disappointed how we're not going to be able to attend this one because, I mean, who's going to pass up the chance to hear Mark Ta Hamill talk about Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially returning to it. I mean, we got yeah. to see him at Celebration 6, and that was cool. But, you know, at that point, we had no idea he'd be coming back for an Episode 7. So uh, to get it, to get to hear him talk about that, I'm sure would be huge and you know i just had a thought i was like episode seven starts filming in may we don't know when they're going to be done with filming and i'm like are they i'm sure it'll probably take up most of the summer but i wonder if they'll either be done in time or if they'll like take time off to go do a star wars panel at san diego comic-con because that would be like the single biggest comic-con panel ever oh yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know how for some reason, I don't think they're going to have a big presence at Comic-Con. Star Wars never really has a huge presence. And we've got some cool Clone Wars stuff from Comic-Cons in the past. but And I know, I believe Revenge of the Sith, the title was revealed at Comic-Con 2004. That was about it. So I'm curious to see how big of a presence they'll have now under Disney. Because we know Marvel definitely has a huge presence at Comic-Con. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they've had yeah, some really big panels for the Avengers and stuff. So. Yeah. Oh, man, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, yeah, yeah, like I said, I mean, that's kind of right smack in the middle of the summer and they might still be over there in the middle of filming. Um, and I know like some years Peter Jackson has gone and done panels for The Hobbit and then other years he's been like, you know what, we'll just record a video blog for you guys because we're not going to go have a panel at Comic-Con this year because we're in the middle of filming the new movie. So, um, you know, sorry, this will just have to do. So it might be the same case where J.J. Abrams is like, hey, guys, we'd love to go talk to you at Comic-Con, but we're busy making a really good movie that you're going to enjoy next year. Yeah, I wonder who's going to kind of be the spokesperson for, like, these films at, like, conventions and stuff. Because before, it always used to be Steve Sansweet who would handle all this stuff, and now that he's not a part of Lucasfilm anymore, I wonder if they're going to have someone else who's going to be kind of like the fan relations uh, to host these panels at conventions and bring us all this news. I mean, it would be cool, like you said, Peter Jackson usually does that for the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit movies. He goes in person to promote the movies. And I'm not sure how J.J. Abrams is about that. I haven't, didn't really follow the production of the two Star Trek movies to know if he was there for Comic-Con to show off new footage or talking about it or not. But that would be the ultimate if he was there, if not 
this year's, but hopefully for 2015 to be there in person to talk about episode seven and all that. I just, I'm hoping he has more of like a, a fan presence where he's out there talking about it instead of having some like a new Lucasfilm spokesperson give information about the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it seems like in a way Pablo Hidalgo has kind of uh, taken yeah. up those reins a little bit because I know he's hosted some panels. I think even at Celebration 6, he might have moderated some Clone Wars discussions and things like that. But um, yeah, again, like you said, even if uh, if they don't have a Star Wars panel at Comic-Con this year, I'm sure they'll have one next year because they'll be done filming by then. And man, that'll be huge, as well as, of course, with uh, Celebration Anaheim. So yeah. Man, those conventions are going to be huge. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a great summer next year. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, it would be a great summer anyways, because we'll probably get, like, the first trailer, along yeah. with the Avengers Age of Ultron and all that other awesome stuff. We're almost there. <laughs> it's got to get through this year. Yeah. Which in oh, itself is a pretty cool year for movies, so it should make it go by fast. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, uh, you know, I said we had the, the – that was our last uh, bit of little miscellaneous news. I guess the one other thing we can mention briefly is that uh, the StarWars.com has their own sort of March Madness tournament going on right now um, where, you know, they sort of match up all the different Star Wars characters and every day they match up like two light side characters and two dark side characters and you vote for which one you want to win. And uh, I don't know how many of you other guys did this, but uh, I guess there's a Star Wars – fan site i don't even remember the name of it now because i like never used this site before but it was like star wars fanpedia or something like that where you could go and fill out your own bracket for like who you thought was going to win and they actually had some cool prizes you could win like gentle giant star wars statues and stuff if you um you know picked a correct bracket Um, my bracket is totally in shambles right now but, uh, you know, it's been fun keeping track of this and seeing which characters win. Although I was talking to Tim about this before and it was like, you know, it's kind of depressing looking at the results of this and realizing how many people, um, you know, either still don't like or don't watch the Clone Wars series because there have been some matchups that for me were just like no brainers, like uh, General Grievous versus Asajj Ventress or Cad Bane versus Jango Fett, where, you know, I thought that Ventress would win. I thought that um cad bane would win or that it would at least be close but i'm pretty sure jango fett and grievous won both of those matches pretty handily and was just like oh come on guys you know ventress and cad bane are the cooler characters well i i agree with you with uh, ventress and grievous but i'll have to disagree about cad bane and jango fett i love jango fett as probably my favorite bounty hunter so <laughs> i definitely voted for jango <laughs> against uh, cad bane so you have me to partially blame for that <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, and, you know, Jango Fett's cool, too. And like I said, I think I was just expecting that matchup to be a little bit closer than it was. Um, although I don't really remember the exact results of it. But uh, actually, oh, yeah, so you can pull up the recap of it on StarWars.com right here. Jango Fett had 66%, Cad Bane had 34%. I'm like, even if you think Jango Fett's cooler than Cad Bane, I can understand that. But Cad Bane should have gotten more votes than he did. But yeah, unfortunately... That's back to what you said. There's not enough people either watch the Clone Wars, which I personally think is more the case than them not liking it. Just not enough people who've seen the movies have watched the Clone Wars, unfortunately, because they're missing. (laughs) Yeah, but I have, I still know some people, like, you know, just friends that I'll talk to about, uh, you know, we'll bring up Clone Wars and they'll be like, oh, the old 2D series? Like, man, I love that one. 
And then I'll be like, well, the new one is really awesome too. And they'll be like, eh, I couldn't really get into that. Or, you know, I watched a few episodes of it and it was too kiddy or I didn't like the animation style or whatever. And I keep trying to convince people like, I mean, I've loved it from the beginning, but even if you didn't like it at the beginning, it's gotten so much better since the first season. And, um, you know, honestly, I still don't really get how people can like the the original series more than the new one because as much as I love those shows too, I, I love the original Clone Wars micro series. Um, I unfortunately didn't get to watch them on TV as they were airing because I didn't have Cartoon Network at the time, but I got both of them on DVD. I've watched them over and over again. And for many years, I said that was my favorite cartoon series until the new Clone Wars series started because, I mean, the even with the old series, like the, the animation was cool, the action was cool, and even if there's some stuff that you don't like in the new series, the storytelling is just so much deeper. Yep. And they can just, you know, tell so many more stories and develop so many more characters than they could in just those little three minute shorts. I mean, sure, it was cool to see these little action packed segments and all these cool battles. And that's where we kind of got our first look at, uh, you know, ARC Troopers and General Grievous and some of this other awesome stuff during the Clone Wars time period. But, um, you know, the, the newer series just fleshed out that time period so much more. Yeah, 100% agree with you there. <laughs> like this. Just someone to say that they they prefer the old Gindy series more than the new one. I just think they haven't seen the whole series, and they're just basing it off the first few episodes, and just haven't really given it a chance to see how far the show progressed and the, how great the storytelling got. Especially, I think even as far as early as uh, the end of season one and season two. I always go back before which is my favorite season, season two or four. I mean, I know everything got a lot darker in season four and five, but season two has some awesome stories in there. So I just think, like I said, it's a lack of just not sticking with the show long enough or just not seeing it at all and not giving it the time of day, unfortunately. But one thing that's cool about the whole Netflix thing now is that people I've known before who said they wanted to see it or just haven't had a chance to, they're now finally being able to get to watch it. A friend of mine who's sent me an email saying, I just saw started the Clone Wars on Netflix. I'm watching it with my stepdaughter and we just love it. Like we just can't wait to watch more episodes and she loves Ahsoka. Now she hasn't seen any of the movies and I'm going to get the Blu-rays and start showing her everything because she's just getting all into Clone Wars now. So I'm glad I'm definitely hearing the Netflix approach working where it's getting more people aware of the show and seeing how great it is. So hopefully maybe the next uh, this is Madness Tournament. Clone Wars characters will get more uh, votes now that they'd have a full year to see them on Netflix, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's great that it's just reaching more people like that now, which is understandable because um, I've done that with other shows before where, you know, maybe in a show's like second or third season or something, like I maybe I heard about the show when it first started and didn't really get into it. And then by the time like the second or third season rolls around, I've heard some more good stuff about it or, you know, seen previews for it or something. And I'm like, you know, this show actually looks really cool and I think I'd enjoy it. But I always want to watch stuff from the beginning just so I can get the full story. And I hate to like jump in towards the end of stuff or right in the middle and have to try to catch up and figure out what I missed. And so I'm sure there were probably people like that too who either – started watching the Clone Wars and just didn't keep up with it or who maybe heard about it during like the second or third season and just kind of didn't really want to jump on board the moving train. And, you know, once the train stopped in Netflix station to let a bunch of new people on, everybody was like, okay, now we can start over from the beginning and kind of catch up with everything. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely great that, uh, you know, people who never got the chance to watch it on the Cartoon Network are now able to go all the way through the series on Netflix. 
yeah, not only just seeing it, but then kind of just enjoying it on the same level that we've had for years. It's like, wow, this is really good. <laughs> it's not like we're watching, eh, yeah, it's it's all right. But at least from the people I've talked to who've never seen it, they're just really enjoying it and saying, man, yeah, this is like awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's uh, definitely encouraging to hear that too because it is an awesome show. Um, especially once you get to the later seasons too. And I think, you know, maybe that's another good thing about having all the episodes available, like right there in front of you that you can watch all at once is like, if the first couple seasons are a little slow for your taste or you don't really like them that much, it's like, you don't have to just kind of sit around for a week and wait for the next episode and hope it's better. You can just jump to the end of season three where stuff really starts to pick up. Yeah, just look at the episode descriptions and maybe one will catch your interest. Like, oh, this this one's about clones or Mandalorians. I want to check that out. So then you just go right there and that's what gets you hooked. Yeah, it's although I don't know if doing. I would do that because if I hadn't seen if I hadn't seen the series and I hadn't been following it and didn't know about anything that happened in the show and I went on Netflix and started reading the episode descriptions for season four and five and was like, you know, Darth Maul goes to Mandalore, I'd be like, what? <laughs> Now, would you be one of those persons, like you were saying earlier, oh, this sounds so cool, I have to watch it now, or I'm going to have to go all the way to the beginning and work my way up <laughs> to this cool episode I really want to see? I would probably go online and figure out which episodes led up to that and, you know, watch all of the, um, <laughs> just sort of all the Darth Maul-related episodes. Um, and I know Leland Chi has been, like, tweeting out a bunch of those kind of lists. Like, he tweeted out the entire chronological order of the series, but then he's been sort of tweeting out just sort of shorter segments, like, here's all the episodes in chronological order that pertain to Ventress or Darth Maul or the Domino Squad, you know, if you just want to sort of get those characters' arcs. Yeah, it's funny how you said you would probably figure out how online to see what episodes you would need to watch or not. I'd probably, I'm on the opposite end where I'd probably have to go all the way back from the beginning <laughs> and watch it all the way through. I'm actually, this is doing that for... Or comics wise anyway because i wanted to start getting into the guardians of the galaxy comics before the movie comes out but if you just read issue number one there are some stuff that happened before in another series that you probably have to read like there's a like an event comic series that happened that led up to it called annihilation conquest but that was the second part before that there was another series just called annihilation that i read and then they had these tired stories for certain characters so i read all those comics and now i'm finally starting like the main Guardians of the Galaxy comic series. Just now I have all that backstory there. So if I was like that with Clone Wars, I'd probably go all the way back to the beginning and just make sure I got everyone's story leading up to the point of an episode that really caught my interest that I wanted to start on. It might be a long way to sit through to get to that episode, but it would probably bug me knowing certain certain things are happening and maybe I missed something. Well, you know, I would probably go back to the beginning of the series anyways, not just for Darth Maul, but just to watch the entire series anyways, because I love Star Wars so much. But just what you were describing with the comics, I'm like, that, Tim, is exactly why I don't read comic books. (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, I mean, there are some characters, especially because I've been getting into more of, like, the animated series and stuff like that, and the, the movies. I mean, really, cartoons and movies have been my introduction to all these superhero characters and stuff like that, and... Um, with some of them, I'm like, you know, I really like this character or this storyline and maybe I'd want to go back and start reading the comic books to kind of get more into this. But it's just like, there's so many comic books and so many different issues and different storylines and different alternate universes and different versions of different characters. I'm like, I would feel like, you know, 
somebody, I, I don't know, I, I, I would feel completely lost and not even know where to start or where to pick up from it. It just seems kind of overwhelming. But, um, I mean, I can understand how it would kind of be the same thing jumping in with a series like that. And so that's why, you know, you just go back to the beginning and watch the entire thing. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's great that people have the opportunity to do that now and that people are doing it. Yeah, just like I said, just help at least some more and more fans of the show, <laughs> just to kind of get it. In my mind, it's up there, like I said, with, with the movies as far as just being great Star Wars content. But I just hopefully more people will see it that way and not just, oh, it's a show for kids and it's not really part of Star Wars, even though we all know it is. Yeah. Now, uh, now that it's been like three weeks since our last episode and we had our, our big, huge discussion about it, um, any last thoughts you want to add on about uh, season six and the Lost Missions episodes? Saying just how watching them again <laughs> just makes me appreciate how going just I gotta go back to that Yoda arc just how awesome it was and like I know I said this on our last episode where how I think it's right up there with some of the movies and just watching it again just reaffirms that I just love it so much and just how much more it added to the story of Star Wars I mean just the, with the force and the force ghost and this Yoda as a character it just really added more to him and just filled in some I wouldn't say missing pieces, but just just more information that's good to know when you're watching some of the movies, like Revenge of the Sith and Empire Strikes Back. And just, I just love it so much. <laughs> I want to go back and watch them all again. I've only watched um, I've watched the Yoda arc and the Order 66 arc twice, and I think that Clovis arc I only watched once, and this one of the Jar Jar episodes, the first one, the Disappear Part One, I've watched twice. But I still want to watch the other ones again because I enjoyed all the episodes from season six. And, yeah, just a great way to go out. I mean, like I said before, I couldn't ask for a better series finale than what the Yoda, the Yoda arc provided. So just, again, hats off to Dave Filoni and the rest of the Clone Wars crew for giving us a great way to send off a great series. Just perfect way to wrap it up, in my opinion. Just love it to death. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Now, we actually talked about on a previous episode before our last one, we were talking about our favorite moments of the Clone Wars series. And you said, you know, oh, we might have, you know, totally different ones in a few weeks when the Lost Missions comes out. So now that we've seen those Lost Missions episodes, do you have a new favorite moment of the entire series? You know what? I don't think I have a new favorite moment. I, like I said, one of my favorite moments before was in Overlords with Anakin showing, taking control of the son and daughter, showing how he's the master, <laughs> like, of showing how he is the chosen one by bringing balance to them and just having control of them. I just love that moment. But again, I'll probably go back to the Yoda arc for another just more great moments. I got to say, I get chills still seeing that Darth Bane scene, <laughs> them confronting Yoda. And not just because of Mara Campbell. I mean, that adds to it definitely. But like I said, seeing pretty much one of the biggest Sith Lords in the history of the galaxy, even though it was, wasn't really him, was mainly just through the Force Priestess, is uh, trying to test for Yoda, but it's still in the embodiment of what Darth Bane was, and just seeing him talk to Yoda, another important figure in the galaxy. Just you got good and evil right there, face to face, just talking to each other. I just love that moment so much. And again, Mark Hamill adding to it too, just made it even cooler. So that's definitely moved up there to one of my favorite all-time Clone Wars moments. Yeah, that's definitely a good one. And I mean, that whole Yoda arc is just awesome, but. I think I would have to say easily my favorite moment of the bonus content episodes and maybe my new favorite episode, maybe my new favorite moment of the entire series um, just has to be 
sort of like those last few minutes of the first Yoda episode voices, um, if you don't count uh, the lost one, which was the Sifo-Dyas episode, but you know, the first one to really focus on Yoda and sort of his journey and just like sort of the last third of that episode where he goes to Dagobah and you hear the Yoda's theme playing and you hear Qui-Gon's voice talking to him and telling him about, you know, the living force and how to preserve your life and all this kind of stuff. And he's, you know, following these little swirling magical energy balls. And then he goes down into the cave and you just see like, obviously the really familiar and really great looking location of Dagobah that we all know from Empire Strikes Back. It was just like, Oh, so awesome. And it's just sort of a magical moment where, you know, I mean, that's really just the best way I can describe it because, you know, like normally you would think that's something that almost seems a little bit too like mystical or surreal or something for, for Star Wars where Yoda's like hearing voices and he's walking through this fog and following these little floaty balls of light, but it just all made sense and it all just felt right and felt so appropriate, especially for that character. I mean, if it was a lesser Jedi, like if it was maybe, you know, Ahsoka or I don't know, anyone else like Kit Fisto or Kiati Mundi or somebody, it might have felt kind of weird. But there's always been sort of this more mystical, magical aspect to Yoda, um, especially in the original trilogy when, you know, he's teaching Luke about the ways of the Force and all that kind of stuff. And just, you know, with him being the, the ancient, wise old mentor and everything, I mean, it was just so perfect and it was one of those things that you might not think fits in star wars but in that particular way just the way that they made it all come together it just worked so well and i just loved those few minutes with him on dagobah right there so i would say that is for now i'm going to say that's my favorite moment in all of star wars especially because it's a happy moment um because i love i mean i love the order 66 arc i love the moment where Ahsoka leaves the Jedi temple because they're just some, I mean, I don't know if I would even say I love it, but it's just, you know, I have to acknowledge that those are just like great, powerful moments um, that make you go, wow, that's just some great storytelling, but it leaves you kind of sad at the same time. But with the Yoda stuff, it's just like, I just watched it with the big smile on my face the whole time going like, wow, this is just so cool right here. Yeah, I totally agree with what you said about that whole Dagobah sequence. You said it right now, the whole time when I first watched it, had a big smile. It was looks like they had like gas by the Joker toxin or something. <laughs> right <laughs> on my face. But yeah, it's like you said it perfectly. It's such a great moment. It's, it's harking you back to what you love about Star Wars uh, and, and an Empire, and then but seeing it brought back in a whole new way, which was really cool. You got Qui Gon there this time, and then you're learning as Yoda's learning new ways about the Force, and it was just great. Like you said, yeah, I could definitely say the Yoda arc is definitely in my top five and probably my top three favorite arcs of all of Clone Wars now. Uh, I kind of figured it would, but I still don't know if I could pick a number one favorite arc. It's between Yoda, Mortis, and Umbara, those three. I think they're always going to move uh, back and forth with each other. One's going to be one for a while and then go back to two or three or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to pick one out of those three for me. Oh, man, there's so many great story arcs, yeah, because for me, I don't, I don't think Mortis would quite make my top list. Um, but I mean, that's another good one, but yeah, I mean the Yoda arc, the order 66 arc, the, um, and both Darth Maul arcs from season four and season five, as well as the Night Sisters trilogy from season three and Umbara, like you said, and the wrong Jedi arc from the end of season five. I mean, (laughs) those ones that I named are probably all my favorite ones, but that's like my top, what, six or seven or something. So, 
yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if I could narrow that down to a top three or even, you know, just one. But yes, I mean, so much great stuff on the show. But I would say that as of right now, that Yoda scene is probably my favorite moment. Um, and then also, I mean, just other stuff, you know, thinking about the show and all that. I think I've probably watched all of the... I, I think I've watched all the Lost Missions episodes at least one more time since the last time we recorded. Um, and one thing that did kind of stick out to me that I kind of have to take back from the last time we recorded when I was talking about the Clovis arc and how, um, you know, I didn't really feel all that much for him because, like, he was just a puppet for Dooku the whole time and he should have known better. And then as I watched the episodes again, I realized Dooku doesn't really come in until the end of like the second episode in that arc. And so you really do kind of have like for the first half of that arc, Clovis seems like he's trying to turn over a new leaf and he's trying to do something right. And then right at the end of that episode, he kind of makes a wrong decision by trusting Dooku and Dooku tells him like, Hey, you know, you're trying to do all this good stuff. Well, let me help you and I'll make you the head of the banks. And, um, you know, just as long as you make sure that you treat the separatists fairly and we just want to make sure that we can pay off our loans without going bankrupt and blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's still a whole lot of banking talk going on that I wasn't really thrilled about, but, um, and I still don't necessarily love the character of Clovis either, but I did sort of realize, you know, he is a little bit more sympathetic character than I maybe gave him credit for the first time because, um, it's not like he was just working with the bad guys the whole time. He just kind of made one bad choice and then got manipulated, um, by Dooku and Palpatine, just like everybody else does. Um, and also another really, um, kind of dark scene from those episodes that I don't think we mentioned the first time when, uh, Padme goes to, to Scipio to confront Clovis and there's that separatist senator with her who's, um, you know, trying to work with her and work these things out and everything. And he's kind of one of those good separatists, I guess you could say, who's not totally in league with like Dooku and the droid army and all that kind of stuff. He's one of the more idealistic ones. And Dooku is there with Clovis and like forces Padme to shoot oh, this yeah. guy. Yeah. Like, cause uh, Clovis has Padme held prisoner with a couple of battle droids and Padme steals the gun from one of the droids and like aims it at Dooku. And then he just kind of uses the force to grab her hand, kind of swings it around. And you see he's got her aiming at this Senator who she's working with and pulls the trigger and kills the guy. And I'm like, dang, that is dark. He just like forced Padme to murder somebody. It was like brutal and cool at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And I wish they had kind of dealt with the repercussions of that a little bit more. Cause it's like, man, how do you live with yourself after that? Like on the one hand, you know that that wasn't you and that Dooku did it. And at the same time, I'm sure she's still got to feel some guilt because she was the one who pulled the trigger, even yeah. if she didn't want to. Another thing I want to do eventually also is watch certain episodes back to back that tie in with some of the last mission stuff. Like with Yoda, I want to watch the Mortis trilogy and then watch the Yoda one, Yoda arc back to back. I think you'll get more, this is flow a lot better. Maybe pick up certain things when you watch both of them back to back and maybe watch Senate spy before the Clovis arc. And then it'll be a long process, but watching all of the sequence and episodes with Domino squad, starting with clone cadets and, arc troopers and then rookies and the uh, citadel trilogy and then umbara and then order 66 arc you'll just really man it'll be hard to watch the final episode of uh, the order 66 arc if you watch the beginning of five the domino squad and seeing what happens to them if you watch them all back to back like that but that's something i definitely want to do eventually just kind of 
have these main story arcs, kind of like what you were saying before, like uh, Leland Chi has been tweeting the like correct way to watch certain arcs without certain characters. And with the Lost Missions episodes, anyway, I want to at least do that. Yeah, but like you said, with the Domino Squad, that would be depressing to just watch all those episodes back to back. I know. <laughs> See, I don't know if I would be more powerful. Yeah, I don't know if I would do that though, because I think I just want to watch the entire series in chronological order, and then you'll kind of get all these story arcs in order but then also see just where they fit sort of overall within the timeline of you know the entire series so like you'll see all this political stuff going on in you know the clovis arc for example and you'll see how that relates to the other political episodes but then you'll also see like anakin in that episode and how he's progressed from the beginning of the series and along the whole war and stuff so i think it'll be cool to just get that overall big picture when i finally find the time to sit down and watch all of that yeah, just be cool to watch them all in different ways if we had the time, chronological order, air date order, just by uh, characters that you want to see and how their story arcs progress. <laughs> so many different ways you can watch the series. If only we had more time. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't think I'll ever get sick of watching them. That's not an issue. <laughs> I can watch them over and over again. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah, and then a, a few other things to wrap up with The Clone Wars. Um, right after the episodes showed up on Netflix, I mean, Dave Filoni did uh, quite a few interviews. Um, I think the day that the Lost Missions came out, he did one interview with Entertainment Weekly and another one with LA Times, um, just talking about the you know these new episodes and just sort of looking back on the series as a whole and the ending of it and everything. Um, he also did one with StarWars.com. Um, where this was actually from the season five interview they had done. It was like over the past year, they had done like this big uh, three part interview with Dave Filoni looking back on like season five and the whole Clone Wars series. And they had released it like in three parts over the past several months. But this was one excerpt that they had cut out of it because Dave Filoni had talked about the Yoda arc. And obviously they didn't want to spoil it because those episodes were you know still in the works at that time. Um, and so they finally revealed this part. And, um, of course, he talks some more about the Yoda episodes in this one. Um, and then he did a big, like, five-page interview on IGN.com talking about uh, the Clone Wars series as well and the bonus content and kind of really getting in-depth, like, by story arc and kind of breaking stuff down. Um, so we don't have to go through, like, all those interviews right now because... Um, obviously there's a lot of stuff you can get from those, but if you're interested and you want to read them, uh, I definitely recommend checking those out. I think we've got links to most of them, if not all of them on our Twitter feed. Um, and the rest you can find either on starwars.com or I'm sure we've got links to them on uh, clonewarspodcast.com. But, uh, just, you know, some great stuff. And I think some of the biggest things I took away from that were, um, I mean, one of the things Dave Filoni said was that even the stories that they didn't get to tell that they still had in the works at the time that the show was canceled. He said that, you know, they've still got those stories, you know, safely tucked away somewhere and that Disney and Lucasfilm like know how much those stories are important to him and to George Lucas and to the Clone Wars crew. And that as long as he's at Lucasfilm and in charge of, you know, helping create Star Wars content, that there's still a chance that those episodes could see the light of day at some point, um, maybe not as episodes, but, you know, as stories at some point. Because we know uh, already this year we're getting um, the Darth Maul comic that's supposed to wrap up Darth Maul storylines. So we could maybe get some more of these as comics, as novels, as maybe animated specials or movies or something like that. So 
Um, you know, I wouldn't hold your breath yet. I think in one article he said something about, you know, maybe over the next decade or so. Um, so, you know, it's not like, okay, the comic is coming out and then, you know, what's the next comic after that? Like, I'm definitely going to focus more on like episode seven and rebels and stuff and not still keep holding my breath for new star Wars con or for new clone Wars content. But if we do get to see more of this stuff and it just sort of trickles out over the years and we get more and more of these stories, then, um, you know, that's just even more good news for us fans who love it and want to see as many of these stories as possible. Yeah, I mean, I took this away the same thing after reading those where it's not all lost for Clone Wars, almost like a new hope. There is, like, <laughs> you got to hope that these episodes or stories that they had planned will eventually come out in some shape or form. And also, too, but like, not too long after the Lost Missions came out on Netflix, I mean, hopefully we get to see some of those stories because of Dave Filoni's post on the Star Wars blog saying thanks to the fans, and he put up those cool concept art from story ideas that they had planned, but unfortunately never got to finish. But when we got to see some of those concept art, it's like, man, hopefully some of those will get, <laughs> we'll get to see stories of, because they got Darth Maul, Quillen Voss on there. We got more uh, Wookiees on Kashyyyk, and then the long-awaited, but unfortunately <laughs> unfinished Boba Fett, Cad Bane, Bounty Hunter arc in there. Then we got... Uh, more Darth Maul, like in Sith robes, and then the big one for me was like, oh, this is something I really want to see. Ahsoka with Bo-Katan, like appointing her, like to be a leader. I doesn't necessarily say Mandalore, but she's going to be in charge of something. But again, potentially stuff that could be done in the future, whether it's Rebels or a comic. But it was a, I would, I didn't get too depressed over it when seeing these images that were. On StarWars.com by Dave Filoni saying, oh, we're never going to see these. Oh, I'm depressed now. But it's just like, like you said, in those interviews, it kind of gave us hope that we could see these in some shape or form. And it's just Clone Wars and their characters are not by a long shot over with. Because like you said, with Dave Filoni in charge of Rebels and working on stories for that, I think he's going to find a way to get more stories with these great characters that we've come to love from Clone Wars later on and future stories, whether it's Rebels or comics or something like that. So I'm still hopeful. It's not all uh, doom and gloom and it's over for the Clone Wars and their characters. I mean, the series is over, definitely, but as far as the characters and their stories, it's still hopeful that we haven't seen the last of them. Yeah, well, you know what? I was a little bit disappointed when I saw these concept art images because the first... I mean, in, in this blog post that he made on StarWars.com, the first image that you see is this one that's got, I mean, it's got Palpatine, Dooku, Darth Maul, Quinlan Voss, um, and then on the left side of the picture, you've got a whole bunch of Jedi. It looks like uh, Plo Koon and Ayla Sakura and Mace Windu and Obi-Wan. On the other side, you've got a whole bunch of Death Watch troopers, um, you know, the red and black ones that Darth Maul had on Mandalore at the end of Season 5. And then at the bottom, there's an image that looks like Darth Maul and Quinlan Voss having a lightsaber duel, and they've both got red lightsabers. And so it looks like they were planning to do not necessarily an adaptation of the Dark Horse Clone Wars comics where Quinlan Voss goes undercover and they, you know, people think he's turned to the dark side and he's basically tasked with like infiltrating Dooku's sort of inner circle of like acolytes and dark Jedi and things like that. And trying to get close to him and learn his plans and all that. And then in getting close to him, people think that he's gone to the dark side because he does some pretty dark stuff just to sort of maintain his cover. And then it's just sort of like this ongoing storyline, like, is he good? Is he bad? And they're not really sure. 
Um, and it looks like they would have incorporated some of that into this storyline. Now, the reason I'm not super bummed is because we know we're getting a Darth Maul comic. And so I'm like, I really hope that this is the storyline we're getting in the comic. Because, you know, not only do I want to see Darth Maul, not only would it be awesome to see whatever they've got planned for Quinlan Voss, but also um, just by the fact that we've got, you know, for one thing, we've got the Death Watch troopers in there. Also, like you said, there's that image of Ahsoka and Bo-Katan. I'm like, it looks like they're actually going to do sort of a follow-up storyline to the Mandalore arc from season five, which they don't usually do. Like I was hoping that we'd get to see some aftermath to that and see like, okay, um, you know, Sidious has taken Maul to do whatever he has planned for him now. Um, Satine's dead. You know, there's still sort of this civil war going on between the two different Death Watch factions. Like I know that they're probably just going to focus on, whatever Sidious has planned for Maul now and focus more on the Dark Maul storyline. But I really want to see how things play out on Mandalore. Like, are the Jedi going to come and get involved in this now? Um, and it looks like they are. We've got a bunch of Jedi. We've got a bunch of Death Watch troopers in this picture here. So I'm like, I would love to see how that all plays out and see them go back to Mandalore and try to clean up this mess that's been created. Um, and also see, like, well, what do people think happened to Darth Maul? Because he was running things and now he's just sort of disappeared um, because this mysterious Sith Lord shows up, like what's going to happen in his absence. So I would love to see some more of that explored. Um, but like I said, I was, I was sort of less disappointed and more just like, okay, I really, really hope we get to see that in the comic. But then there's this other image under that where you see Quinlan Voss and he's just like holding this woman who looks like she's either, you know, dead or unconscious or something. And, at first, I didn't really think much of it when I saw that image for the first time because in the comics, I haven't read the entire Clone Wars storyline with uh, with Quinlan Boss and all that, but I've read some parts of it, and I know he has like a female companion in that storyline, and so I'm thinking, oh, maybe that's that character or it's a similar character. Um, you know, maybe it's just some new character they were going to introduce that's part of his backstory or something. And I think... One night I was like off doing something else. Maybe I was like playing the Old Republic or whatever. I don't know. And I was just thinking about Clone Wars and thinking about these images. And for some reason that one popped into my head. And I went, you know what? What if that's Ventress? And then I was like, holy crap. And I went back on StarWars.com, went and found the blog posting and went and found that picture. And I was like, oh my gosh, it is Ventress. And so the fact that they were <laughs> going to incorporate her into this storyline as well, that was the point that I was like, okay, even if this is in the comic, I am bummed that we're not going to get to see these episodes because that would have been so awesome. I mean, tying in the Darth Maul storyline, the Ventress storyline, the Mandalore storyline, as well as introducing, you know, Quinlan Voss and all this kind of stuff. And, oh man, it was, this seems like, I mean, just from these two pictures, I'm like, <laughs> there's so much potential for these stories. And I really hope that, the, whatever comic book we get out of this ends up being like 500 pages and <laughs> you know just tells like a whole bunch of stuff yeah because i personally think it is going to be with the comic is a few well it's kind of interesting because when because i saved all these images my desktop and like the file name it says for the one the big image with darth maul and the death watch and Voss and the Jedi on the left side and Sidious in the middle the file name for that one is Caesar six season six writers conference so that, which makes me think, okay, the Darth Maul storyline that's planned for the new comic series was from a season six story. But then some of the other images, like the one you were talking about with uh, 
Quillen Voss looks to be holding Ventress. That says season seven writers conference. And there's that dark small picture of him in the Sith robes on the bottom says season seven writers conference. So that makes me wonder whether two more Darth Maul story arcs planned. Maybe it's not going to be fully wrapped up with the season six story that we're getting in the Dark Horse comic. So we'll have to wait and see. I'm kind of thinking that it will be. Maybe they gave Dark Horse those scripts for an arc from season seven they had planned and they're incorporating it to all to one big story which hopefully it is because <laughs> as you described there's some stuff in there that looks to be pretty interesting that we want to see happen <laughs> it's hopefully it's all in that comic but we'll have to wait and see may not too long just a month away and i don't think i'll feel this way when i'm reading the comic but i hope it's not one of those things where after i read it it's just man this is really cool i'm glad i got to see it and not where oh man i wish this were episodes <laughs> and we could have seen them fully animated i'm sure that might be in my head a little bit but i think it's just gonna be man that was a great story i'm glad we got to see it in some shape or form and like we said before hopefully some of these other cool images that we've seen in here get to be told in some fashion because again i just another image is one we talked about so much that boba fett cad bane bounty hunter or if we talked about it and anticipated it so much and hoping it was going to be part of the lost missions episode then we know it wasn't but just to kind of see some images of it, even if it's just concept art, it was kind of cool to see Boba Fett at Cad Bane, and you got Embo, and you got, uh, it looks like Boss is there, and the droid from uh, the episode Bounty. That I always forget its name. <laughs> oh, uh, High Singer. Yeah. Uh, so it looked to be a cool arc, and it's, unfortunately, we're not going to see it, but I'm just glad we got some glimpse of what it was going to be, even if it was just concept art. Yeah, well, I'm hoping that like if they do any more comics that that will be the next one after that because i mean that's the one that i the other one besides darth maul that i want to really see wrapped up but uh, i mean yeah like you're saying like any of these stories that end up coming out through comics or novels or any of that kind of stuff i'll just be glad that we get to see those stories in some way shape or form but i think there will always be just a small part of me that's you know reading this comic and man be like man, that would have been so cool as an episode. Um, and just having to sort of visualize what that would have looked like and know that we'll never actually get to see it. But at least we'll get to see the story in some shape or form. Yeah. And then the big thing, we got a reveal that I don't think none of us seen coming, that all of us who were fans of Domino Squad and who were sad that uh, Vibes was that was killed off in the bonus mission or the Lost Mission, the Order 66 arc, and we thought that was it for Domino Squad. But then... Dave Filoni gave us a little spoiler with an image saying that Echo is alive and he looks, you see his clone armor, but he doesn't look like the Echo we knew from the other episodes since uh, we knew he thought he was dead from the Citadel trilogy arc. But it was still cool to get that reveal knowing that there is still one Domino squad member who survived. But unfortunately, we don't know exactly what his situation was. But I think in one of those interviews, I think it was the IGN one, Dave Filoni kind of gave us a little insight to what it was going to be where I think the separatists uh, was found his body and they took it where it wasn't dead, but they were kind of keeping his body there, maybe doing certain things to him. I don't know if they didn't say if it was brainwashing or whatever, but they had echo and they were going to use him for something. But unfortunately I don't think he got into too much detail what that was going to be, but I don't know. It's kind of, I guess up to your personal canon now to view if echo is alive or not, because Technically, the plan was for him to survive, but since these episodes weren't made, and I don't know if we're going to view that in canon or not, that he survived. Or In my personal mind, 
and I'm torn on it because part of me thinks, yeah, he's alive because that's what they had planned. But since we didn't see those episodes, it still kind of leads me to think, well, all the Domino Squad is dead after five. So <laughs> I don't know how you feel on that. But regardless, it was kind of cool to get that tease from Dave Filoni and that post. Yeah, I don't know. It was like, I mean, it was cool. But at the same time, I was like, really, after all these years, you're going to bring him back? Because I know people were really disappointed, like when Echo died back in season three in the Citadel trilogy. And I was one of those people that thought, you know, okay, we see an explosion, we see his helmet lying on the ground, but we never really see a body like he could still be alive. And but I was kind of expecting him to come back like in the next episode, you know, like it would be something where um, the heroes are trapped and they got no way out. And then suddenly Echo comes and saves them and they're like, we thought you were dead. And he's like, no, I escaped and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, you know, so that didn't happen. And so I was like, okay, maybe he'll show up in season four. And then I was like, okay, no, you know what? He's gone. And now fives is just the last member of Domino squad. And, um, then like you said, I mean, fives is dead now. And so we're like, okay, all of Domino squad is gone, but then they're like, oh wait, Echo's still alive, but we haven't seen it on screen. And it's just like something they were planning. So for me, I'm thinking like, for, you know, at least from my point of view and just the way that I look at these stories, I kind of still consider that, like, all of Domino Squad is dead until, like, the day when we actually get that story told in some form. Um, you know, if they release a comic or a book or something that talks about, you know, how Echo survived and if we actually get to see that story come to light somehow, then I'll accept it. But for now, it's just like, okay, that was an idea they had floating around, but I haven't seen it except for, you know, a sketch that Dave Filoni drew, so... Um, you know, plus it's like, well, he died in season three and you're going to wait till like season seven to bring him back. What else were we going to get in season seven? A cloned Zillow beast? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is still something I was waiting for. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. Sad. We never got an answer to that mystery because yeah. at the end of that episode, Palpatine says, you know, we're going to clone the thing and we haven't seen it since. So, um, but yeah, I'm like, it kind of seems like a long time to wait to bring him back and come back around to that storyline. So I'm just going to kind of say it's laid to rest for now in my view of it. Um, but then of course, you know, if we actually see that story come out at some point, then I'll accept it for whatever it is. But like you were saying, he did, uh, Dave Filoni did talk about that in the IGN interview and he was saying it was going to kind of expand upon some things that they introduced in the order 66 arc where, you see like shock T and Nala say arguing about the clones and like whose property they are and who they belong to. And yeah. you know, they serve the Republic, but they're property of the Kaminoans because we made them and you're just our clients and blah, blah, blah. And so it, they were going to kind of get into that a little bit more and be like, okay, well, if you find a clone trooper on the battlefield and basically sort of bring him back to life. And I'm sure he was going to have some sort of cybernetic implants or something that he needed to keep him alive. Cause in this picture, it almost looks like Lobot in clone yeah. trooper armor. Um, and so they're like, okay, you know, if you save a dying clone trooper and sort of mind wipe him and repurpose him and he's not a Republic soldier anymore, then who does he belong to? And does he still have to follow orders or does he have free will? And you know, whose property, whose property is he then? So um, you know, that could have been an interesting story to see. And I do kind of hope we get to see that story at some point. But until then, I'm not going to really worry about it too much because I think, um, you know, seeing Fives go out like that was sort of a, a tragic and yet fitting end to the Domino Squad. It's like if you're going to kill off the entire squad of everybody's favorite clone troopers on the show, then you might as well kill off the last one 
by getting him involved in a conspiracy where he tries to do the right thing and almost exposes Order 66. Yeah, it's funny. Just after seeing Captain America and hearing you talk about that storyline that was planned, it kind of made me think, oh, what if Echo would have been like the Winter Soldier <laughs> in the, the, the Clone Wars type dun, of thing where dun, he gets brainwashed dun. by the <laughs> No spoilers for people who haven't seen it yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'll say about it, but <laughs> this reminded me of that. Yeah, that is actually kind of a good point. But again, I won't go too much into that because I don't want to spoil it for people. So um, if you haven't seen Captain America yet, ignore what we're talking about and go see the movie because it's good. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was really cool, though, to see, you know, just I mean, for one thing, to see Dave Filoni um, just sort of reach out to the fans like that. I mean, I thought it was obviously already a huge display of loyalty to the fans just to get those final episodes done and and get them out on netflix but then to you know write a personal thank you note to the fans and show us a bunch of concept art too and to say that they basically went out of their way to bring echo back because so many people were disappointed when he died and he was like a fan favorite character um you know that was kind of cool too although at the same time i was like well if you weren't originally planning to bring him back just kind of leave him dead like they were already planning to bring gregor back too um the yeah, clone right. commando from season five like i would have loved to see him come back because they do sort of hint at that in the episode like he says i'll come back i promise and uh colonel gascon says like we'll wait for your return so even though it looks like he dies in a huge fiery explosion like they sort of leave room in the story for him to come back whereas echo is just like oh yeah everybody thought he was dead but now we're just gonna bring him back but it would have been cool to see those two guys come back in the same episode um, you know, maybe start forming like a Republic commando squad of half dead cybernetic <laughs> super soldiers or something. Yeah, actually, when I first saw this image and didn't read the caption, what Dave said, I kind of thought it would be Gregor first because he's made more of a hint to Gregor still being alive than Echo ever, than he ever said about Echo. So I was kind of surprised when it actually said Echo. I was kind of expecting, oh, I thought it would have been Gregor first. Yeah, see, I think I thought it was Echo just from the armor though because it definitely looks more like arc trooper mm -hmm. armor and not uh you know commando gear but um you know either way certainly would have been uh interesting to see that and i hope we get to at some point yeah hopefully all of these <laughs> we gotta be not to be too greedy but after seeing those images like yeah i want to see all of these somehow <laughs> yeah yeah, and then, of course, you know, the Yoda on Kashyyyk with the Wookiees and everything. The one that I was kind of surprised by is uh, there was one image where it looks like they return to Mon Calamari, and you see mm -hmm. uh, King Leechar and a couple of guards, like, standing on the tail of some whale creature or something. Um, and then also it looks like there's a Quarren city, like, above the water. Which, okay, this is one other thing I'm going to go off a little bit real quick, just uh, going back to some other thoughts about the Lost Missions. Like, how amazing did Camino look in those Order 66 Jeez, episodes? <laughs> that was some of the best visual work they've done on the entire show. I mean, from the... It seems like every episode they just had a cutaway. I think where, where there would have been a commercial break had we seen these on TV, where you just kind of cut away to the exterior of Camino and it's raining and you've got Star Destroyers up in the sky and you either see like a couple of V-19 torrent fighters flying by in formation and then just kind of do like this cool swooping thing around the buildings or it's the people, you know, the Kaminoans coming up out of the water on their big flying whale things and uh, there were just some great visual shots in there. Yeah, it was like we always say, it just gets better and better each season, and it definitely proved it for season six. I mean, sometimes it's getting hard to 
differentiate from this is likely like from the Star Wars movie that's getting that good. I mean, it wasn't quite to that level, but it got pretty darn close. And a lot of those exterior shots of Camino were just like you said, awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was great stuff. This, I'm kind of curious to see how far could they have gotten if this show were to continue with season seven and eight. This would it be almost identical <laughs> to what we saw visually or CG wise from the exteriors of different planets that we saw in the prequels. Uh, who knows? Maybe. I'm sure they would have gotten pretty close because yeah, because they already were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Judging by season six, it looked really good. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think unless you know, Tim, you have anything more to add on Clone Wars, or we uh, just about ready to wrap it up here? Yeah, I think that's about it. I mean, I'm sure we'll bring it up eventually, but this might be our last big conversation about the Clone Wars as a series. I mean. I'm, we'll call back to it and all that, but as far as new content for the actual show, I mean, this might be it. <laughs> it's been a great, uh, what, six years with the Clone Wars. And it's kind of sad, though, <laughs> that the discussion on it is kind of wrapping up, even though it's going to live on as one of the best things in Star Wars ever. And yeah. it's not like anything's going to take that away from it. Yeah, it is hard to believe now that, like, I'm out of college and the show just ended and it started, like, the Clone Wars movie came out the summer after I graduated high school. I'm like, where has the time gone? Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, seasons, six seasons is nothing to say that it was cut off short. I mean, it is that way because they had more seasons planned. But it's for a series to last, an animated series, too, is like it's even bigger for one to last that long. But when you said it, too, it doesn't seem like it was that long as we were watching it. It just really flew by. It doesn't seem like it was six years. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And definitely, you know, six years of awesome stuff. It doesn't yeah. feel like six years, but it definitely feels like six seasons and a huge wealth of new Star Wars content that, you know, some of it was what we were hoping for when the show started. I'm sure there are some things that we were hoping for that we still never quite got to see. But, you know, you can't please everybody. Obviously, everyone's going to have their own expectations and their own wish lists and things that they want to see out of the show. But then I'm sure there was a ton of stuff, too, that we never even in a million years thought we would see. Um, you know, we never thought Anakin would have a Padawan and then they introduced Ahsoka and look at the journey she's gone on. Um, you know, we never thought we'd see Darth Maul come back from the dead. We'd never see we never thought we'd see Ventress turn against Dooku and go off on her own path as a bounty hunter and turn into this completely new interesting character that you know we never would have seen coming just from the comics and the micro series and stuff um and just so many other great things in here that i mean to think of like obi-wan faking his death and going un undercover as a bounty hunter who would have ever thought of that yeah you know, like just so much cool star wars stuff that uh we never thought we would get and um just expanding and enriching the Star Wars universe. And I just hope Rebels can kind of live up to this and deliver sort of the same amount of exciting stuff and just new and cool Star Wars content. Yeah, and there's no reason not to think it would with Dave Maloney being back on the helm of the series. So, yeah, can't wait to see. I mean, that's another good thing. Clone Wars is ending, but we got another series to look forward to. And the fact that Dave Maloney is involved with it too, just, uh, like I said, kind of makes reassures us that it's going to be Maybe we might not like it the same as Clone Wars, but at least quality-wise, we should expect the same level of quality and stories and like detail that Clone Wars had with Rebels. So definitely looking forward to that now. Yep, definitely. And uh, we will hopefully hear a lot more about that coming up in the next couple months as we get ready for 
the premiere sometime over the summer. But, uh, I mean, yeah, like you said, I think that pretty much wraps up our Clone Wars discussion for now. Although I'm sure we'll be back to talk about the Darth Maul comic when that comes out in May. But, uh, you know, until then, yeah, we'll be focusing on uh, Episode 7 and Rebels. And uh, we've got, you know, plenty more Star Wars stuff to talk about. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much it for this episode and look at us. Wow. We're coming in back under two hours. So, um, getting back to manageable, <laughs> not marathon type episodes, but, um, you know, we've certainly had a blast talking about Clone Wars and all this other stuff. It's always just great talking Star Wars and having new Star Wars stuff to talk about. And you know what? I'm glad we've got Rebels and episode seven coming and all this. Cause otherwise Clone Wars could have gotten canceled and we would just been like, well, crap, now there's, like, no new Star Wars stuff coming out. But, you know, we've got movies, we've got Rebels, we've got Battlefront and some other new game that we don't know anything about yet. So um, we'll just have to wait and see how all that develops, and uh, we'll just keep watching out for more news and rumors and all that good stuff and uh, report back to you guys when we hear stuff. Um, but in the meantime, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Star Wars TSC and on Facebook at Star Wars The Saga Continues uh, to get all the latest updates as we find them and uh, you know send those out to you guys. And uh, you can send us email at Star Wars TSC at gmail.com. Uh, you can check out our website, Star Wars TSC.com. We also post a bunch of news stories and stuff on there. So um, you guys know how to get in touch with us and uh, keep up with all the updates that uh, we're putting out as we find out all this new cool Star Wars stuff. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. We hope you've enjoyed listening to us uh, deliver the news and talk Clone Wars and just sort of wrap up our discussion on that. And we will be back hopefully in another couple of weeks with some more cool Star Wars stuff to talk about. But uh, until then, thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you next time and may the Force be with you. See you next time, everybody. Thank you.